Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Friday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is March 19th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm uh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's the end of another week. Happy I've made it. Made it through another week, you know. We're all getting more access to the vaccines. The weather's getting warmer. The Masters is approaching. And uh, it's Friday. Or Friday it's Junior. It's crazy how close record. the Masters is. I know. It's nuts. What a quick turnaround. Two and six months, as uh, the CNBC host so kindly reminded Jay Monahan last week. Um, I just I think it's great. It's how close it is the players, too. Sure. Sure. Yeah, quick turnaround. I. <laughs> you see they have a new players commercial out today during the <laughs> broadcast? My kingdom for a tour that could turn around... And a real like driver testing oversight regimen as fast as they can turn around a freaking players championship commercial. Like, is this just a 52 week endeavor now? Players championship. Now we got Justin Thomas talking about the meaning of winning the players. We're here four days, three and a half days after he hoisted the trophy and they've already got it up with the. It was amazing. I looked up. I said. Why are they running this? I was like, no, it was more of a commemorative. They're just, let's fire back up again. No more defining moment. Edge of 17, we're on. On to the next listen, one. We got- listen, Brendan, you got a template? They got a template? Just plug in the new player and, and let him go, you know? But all these things that they take forever to do, drag their feet on, you know, kick and scream, hem and haw, but with a player's championship commercial... It's like that. They're done. Anyways. Maybe they maybe the guy that does the players commercial is just an overachiever. That could be fair. Maybe he has his own conference room, his own meeting room. He's you know, kinda get productive out there, free from interruption. Maybe he's worried about getting sent into the moat. <laughs> How are you doing? I don't know if I reciprocated. Are you doing well? Everything good down there in the swamp? Yeah. Doing great. Okay. Just it's a balmy day down here today. It was so breezy, balmy. as we saw at the at the Honda. Really tough afternoon scoring conditions, and uh, okay. yeah, all, I mean, just coming to grips with with the Bears and oh god, just sucks. I'm sorry. But I'm 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 excited. I'm ecstatic about the Illini. That yeah, that's what's kind of the the gold nugget. Start tomorrow. Will they play tomorrow, first day, yeah, Friday? Yeah, they play early tomorrow. So hopefully hopefully we avoid that 16-1 after that and get so, going. Nobody cares about anybody else's bracket picks, but I will say my one son who picked UMBC to beat Virginia did pick Drexel this time around. He's back for more a couple of years later. Uh, I didn't want to tell you, like, he's, he's struck on it once. Uh, and he went for it again. I said, oh, the one against Sean Illinois. or Mac. Yeah, Sean. Sean took uh, Drexel quickly. 
put tracks Man. all over it. So I don't like but I, I don't like those vibes. <laughs> I have faith. The other one picked them to win it all. So there you go. Uh, but good luck. That's nothing better when your team is like really good. You know, like would they legitimately have a chance? Yeah. Um, yeah. They could go out early. They don't. They don't shoot free throws, or and they turn the ball over a lot. Uh, they don't shoot free throws, which is not a good recipe for the tournament. So I'm like, I would not be surprised if they lost in the second round. I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the finals. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, but it should be fun, really good. fun. I'm March. excited for you. I'm excited for you. All right, let's go. We have Matt Jones leading the Honda Classic. You said tougher afternoon conditions. He was out early, shot a 61, nine under. Unbelievable round. He gained over 10 shots on the field. What, like what on, in the here? strokes game sense. He's not a nobody. I mean, if you follow the tour, even half followed the tour for the last decade, you know Matt Jones. He's he's won. Who? He's, he's an accomplished player. He's also a guy who can get hot like this. You know, you see him pop up on like a major championship leaderboard or uh, even some of these tougher venues. Uh, he, he can go out there and fire a mid-60s round when it seems like nobody else can break 70. Uh, this, though... You know, Honda's supposed to be tough. I think the morning, you know, you saw a good, not a good, but it was gettable in terms of there were rounds in the mid-60s, well, but no one touching in, 61. What happens down here weather-wise is that it's really calm in the morning until like 10 to 11 a.m. You notice if you play golf in the morning here, it's like, you know, it's dead calm from yeah. until 10 or 10-ish to 11-ish a.m. And then it gets windy, and then it's really freaking hard. So yeah. there's going to be huge disparities in scoring and going off early. The earlier, the better for for this event every year. Yep. So that, that afternoon wave will get the, that benefit tomorrow on Friday morning. Uh, anything else you noticed uh, in terms of other yeah. course conditionings? I saw we have internal OB again. Oh, God. I saw Brian Wacker tweeted become, about that. I'm surprised they didn't have a preemptive wind rule today. What does that mean? If your if your ball gets blown by the wind, you get to rehit it or something. <laughs> you know. Ball, the wind knocks it like down a, into the water. You can actually you know drop it up on the green or something like free that. Free drop where it would have gone. <laughs> um, Anticipated I mean, <laughs> wet conditions. It, What's the OB? That, We're now Sony internal OB impromptu week of sawgrass last week that I can recall off the top of my head. This week, this was what ten? It's on eighteen, down, right? When they, yeah. Down ten, I guess you can avoid the water more, but I don't. I feel like nobody really even do this, but maybe they're just getting out ahead of it. You know, is that? Wait, wait, wait! I I didn't look this up at all. Is that right of the water on eighteen? No, it's left, left. Because don't they have the clubhouse and everything back there? And this is where Mm -hmm. the grandstands come into play when guys just rifle them off there. Yeah, you could play it left up ten. Okay. And then you could hit it over, and it would take all the water out of play. But it would play way longer, I think, if I'm okay. thinking about it right. Um, I have not done the Google Maps measurements yeah, yeah, before sure, anybody comes sure. at me. Doesn't seem like anyone's going to go, would have gone for it, is what you're saying. But it was just yeah, preemptive. I don't know. Who knows? Okay. It's a brave new world out there, though. <laughs> People experimenting on everything. You know, a I couple saw... things. Go ahead. Shane Lowry. Yeah. He's kind of like, I feel like he's finally shaken off that open championship hangover. He played really well last week at the players, and he's in the mix again. He's shot three under today. Be nice to have him back, like, relevant. I like yeah, Shane Lowry. Do, 
rainy I champion like the fat golfer lad of the year. in the glasses. Yeah, he had a big day yesterday. A lot of reheating of him sitting, you know, Fields of Athenry in the the pub uh, after he'd won. You know, holding the Clara jug for St. Patrick's Day. We were, we crowbarred that in quite a bit, and it's honestly the best oh, rendition. Gotta of get those impressions. That song I've ever heard. Given that he's still in his scripting and holding a Clara jug and slugging down beer so but it's good it's a fantastic video it's good to have him back this is the same site of the uh where he hit it in the water on 15 or 17 one of those two and he goes oh you fucking idiot and uh the mics picked it up right away and the people were demanding apologies he's like so i said a bad word sue me so he's played well he's been in the mix late on on the weekend here before i don't know if that's a win thing or what but it would be the pro golf would be enriched for sure, if uh, the fat lad in the glasses were back contending. Other thing, Kevin Chappell sighting. Oh. How about that? Chappie. Shot, shot four under. He's in there. Uh, Obviously, okay. he had he had like a back surgery. Has not been oh, good yeah. since he came back. So Sub- Substantial injury. It's kind of sad because he was playing some of the best golf of his career before that back surgery where he had become... I, he was kind of a borderline potential Ryder Cup pick one year, if you remember. He was on the President's Cup. Yeah, on the President's Cup team. Um, yeah. So good to have him playing, hopefully, well. Um, Do you see VJ saying putted a ball into the water? I saw, I saw a commotion. I was making dinner or something. I saw a commotion. Steve Stricker gave him a fist pound. He was down on the edge of the water. He putted it into... Yeah. He degreened himself. He, in well, the water, he was though. off the green. He was in like a runoff area. I mean, okay. Okay. this pin was not close to the water either. That's the <laughs> thing. The pin was a good 20 feet away from the water, and the ball went through some a patch of rough to get into the water. Oh, no. I mean, this thing was nuked. <laughs> it was unbelievable. What's his? What's he doing now with the putter? Is he doing like a extended grip kind of belly, but yeah, not anchoring? Yeah, I think anchoring? he's arm locking. Claw. Okay, all right, all right, all right. That's fantastic. Where did he shoot? He always bucks his head a little bit. No, no. He almost won a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. At this one. What um, else did you see? Anything? Well, then it's just like you know Steve Stricker playing well. It's like what? What's going on there? How's how's he just keep playing well? VJ's four over. He hasn't finished the round yet. He's T one hundred two. Sabo nuked off the planet. Henrik Stenson is ten over through sixteen. What's going on there? Eighty five last week again. I Stenson's... saw some interesting Pete Callen comments on on Stricker on, on Stenson last week. What did he say? Um, let me see if I can find he, him. You know, so Stenson, from what I understand, was you know. Uh, had one foot in the both feet in the PGL, right? Um, and like Rory and Rory made the comments about like these guys at the tail end of their career, you know, uh, influencing the future of the tour. I think most people took it as a shot at Phil. You remember those Rory comments where he's like, you yeah. know, the guys in their 30s or in their 20s should be making decisions, not the guys in their. I, I guess Stenson was likely a target of that as well, who was probably behind the scenes, may still be. I don't know what the status is of that, but Stenson. I think also could maybe use the use the. Uh, is he, the, is he the uh, 
An enemy of uh, of the Principate of Idra? What would that mean? No, I don't know if he's an enemy. I think it's just, you know, everybody assumed that Rory, I think we're talking a year ago now before the pandemic hit. He had that very pointed comment about guys at the tail ends of their career, you know, impacting the next 20, 30 years of the tour. And I guess Stenson likely would have been uh, a target of that as well. But what did Pete Cowan have to say? I can't find it. Okay. Well, now he it can't was even. last week. He's, it was it, something about like you know, we've just gotten a little too. Uh, we've lost the basically. We've lost the plot a little bit. We can okay. get back to the basics. Okay, yeah, he's he's uh, he's lost the plot again at the Honda. It's not not a good place on the schedule to really be lost, right? I mean, uh, not a lot of places to hide. Nowhere to hide out there. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere, utterly nowhere. That's all I got. I, I watched <laughs> golf. It was interesting to watch. You know. A bunch sure. of Westy got tiger treatment, which was delightful for me. I was trying to catch up on this because I missed some of it this afternoon. They're giving the shot by shot the pros game golf channel, then they're going in back and analyzing it, talking more about first 20 minutes of the post game show. Felt like it was on Westwood as if Tiger had just finished his first round at Tory Pines or something. He's, he's they're listening, you know. they're listening to the, what the people are saying. The people. Are telling them they want more Westwood? They're giving it to them. That's <laughs> yeah. good TV. You know, they're listening. He Everybody wants more Westy. There's, there's, Westy Island is one of the most populous islands right now during the spring break period. He has you know? sort of become the, the sultan of the swamp swing here. Just, God, tons he's of He's played every, every Florida swing event. He, I think he's, he's like one of the olden guys. He's getting interviews before and after. He's getting the pre the Tuesday press conference. He's just it's, it's fascinating to watch his Sam's become, on the bag. Sam's on the bag. A lot of questions he, about Sam. He had he had two six footers today that didn't hit the cup. <laughs> or didn't even sniff the cup. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Just, I don't have anything else on Honda. Do you? No. You good? No, I I, I mean, I mean we'll, I could talk about all kinds of things about Hondas. You know, what's your favorite kind of Honda? I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't have one. Pilot, maybe. Pilot maybe looks like pilot. a quality car. A lot going on there. A lot of room, which I need. We test drove a Pilot. It was. It was. It was massive. But no. I, what? Do you have a favorite Honda? Yeah, I think I'd go with the pilot. Maybe maybe the cord, you know? The cord's yeah, just the reliable. The reliable mid-size uh, sedan. Crossover you, sedan. You can't go wrong no, with that. Oh, the Accord. The Accord's a sedan. Yeah. Yeah. Cord is... Is there a bigger one than the Accord? The Civic. No, I think smaller. it goes Civic Accord. And then you're jumping they don't have the a bigger CRV one. and uh, Pilot and Odyssey. Maybe now the Odyssey. Get the and minivan. And then there's a truck, I'm sure. You know, I've been doing all this Flashback Friday research, and that was the old perk, is you get to pick a, a, a Honda of your choice. I don't know if that's... It might still be the case. Someone was giving us... I think last year we had some digression like this, where it was like, do you think any tour players drive a Honda? And I think someone gave us intel that Peppy Peter actually drives a Honda, maybe an Odyssey. Doesn't Zatch have some crossover? Well, he had a... He had the... I think he had the Pontiac Aztec... A hideous looking thing. Is Pontiac? I don't even think that's a brand still. I don't even think they're around. But, oh, I mean, I was reading these. Kucher was debating which Honda he was going to get. 
when he won in 2002. This was like a big deal. Everybody would write it up. It's like, oh, he gets a Honda. A, a free car for a cooch is a big deal. <laughs> Definitely true. wouldn't be giving that to his caddy. <laughs> no. Not like uh, the Challenger. Kenny, uh, Kevin, Kevin Nye, Nye. the yeah. Dodge Challenger. All right. Moving on. European Tour. Benjamin A. Bear. Not to be confused with Lucas Herbert or any other A. Bobby A. Bear is your leader uh, at the Magical Kenya <clears throat> Open. Excuse me. Uh, we He's might be on a. Samuja. Cal Samuja. Among many, many others. I don't know. A million guys shot. Uh, this is irrelevant. Seven. It's going to be, you know, different when you wake up tomorrow when you're probably listening to this. So he could go back to back with Antoine Rosner. I wonder the last time we had back to back French winners on the European tour was probably not often that, that, that weren't the same guy. So yeah, Kenya, I posted a picture of the range. There's sheep grazing out in the middle of the range and they're just bobbing balls. I asked, I asked the person that was over there. I said, well, like, are they like on the range or like, what do you do? I mean, you don't want to hurt the wildlife because what do you do? Because aim left. That's all he said. Apparently, got pickers that are just getting balls by hand out there. It's just a free for all. Animals, humans, just to, I don't know. It's it's. In addition to the cattle, there were sheep grazing as well. But uh, Kenya Open. That's a good coffee golf watch, if I do say so myself. It's fascinating. You know, it looks like a like the tin cup driving range. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot going on. Doesn't look like it gets mowed. Really? Or Well that's what the sheep do. That's that's a good point. Economy mode. I mean imagine dropping one of those guys, somebody who has to maintain that range into like sawgrass or concession. Right? They see those two ranges. Sawgrass like outrageous <laughs> practice. Ridiculous range. <laughs> concession has the, you know, three hundred and seventy five yard bunker down the middle of it. Um, but yeah, this is, I, I, I don't know. What do you need a range for? You just need an f- open space, and this looks like it accommodates. I just hope they don't hit the sheep. Do uh, you have any other reaction to Magical Kenya Open at all? No, I don't have any right now. Okay. Didn't watch any. I got, I, I'm going to. What's the legal term when you, when you don't say anything? Ref- plead the fifth? No, it's like a recluse or... Recuse, recuse. Recuse, recuse myself. Okay, okay. All right. Recluse. Chitty Matcha, Louisiana Open, presented by Mistress. I don't know what Mistress is. Um, Peter Peter Uline is five under through nine. This may all change, but it will all change. He's only played nine holes. Um, You want to know what Mistress is? M-I-S-T-R-A-S. Yeah, yeah, what is it? Like a car dealership. Mist- Insurance. Mistress Group protects civilization's most critical assets. All across the world, across industry, facility, and asset, we are your one-source asset protection solutions. Uh, so I still don't know what it does. <laughs> no clue. How come all these companies have these taglines that don't explain what they do at all? What are they talking about? Asset protection. Like, what do they do? They put a security guard on any of your assets? Like, (laughs) 
got an important uh, computer. Here's your security guard. <laughs> like, could I, could I hire them to protect my house? Why can't they just make it intuitive? Why am I going to... I don't know. What was the other one? Whatever. It was some LPGA sponsor that apparently was a terrible outsourcer. That, but you wouldn't know Looks it. Looks like Digital they do some something. nuclear power stuff. Oh, okay. Aerospace engineer. Oil and gas. They're doing some big stuff, heavy stuff down there. They don't want. They they're trying to make it as nebulous as possible. Well, sounds like a natural partner. They could protect partner. our uh, our podcast feed. Maybe secure it down. They say they we support clients from small to large. Oh, so what's the deal? They protect nuclear power plants or nuclear, and all of a sudden they just think, well, natural partner for means. us is a corn fairy tour event in Louisiana. That's, that's, I don't that's understand what it means. Like, what asset protection solutions are? Like, what does that fucking mean? It's not insurance. Like, I just don't get it. Gobbledygook, as they say. We are There's... relentlessly committed to ensuring the integrity of our clients' assets. From full-scale refinery integrity program assessments down to individual scans of aerospace composites. Like... What? It sounds like some sort of energy deal down the drilling wells out down in Louisiana. You know what I, I bet I, it I is? Guess. They sponsor what? it just to bring clients out. That could be. Yeah, I'm sure that's what a lot of these things do. That's that's the whole. What's chitty matcha? Well, let's not go into it. All right. What's chitty matcha? Anything else you have on the? Uh, it's great to on... have the web back. It yeah. sucks, as always, that it's not back on TV. It's ridiculous that it's not on TV. I don't get Oh, Chitty Matcha is a, a tribe. Oh, okay. There you go. Chitty Matcha, Louisiana Open. Chitty Matcha, Are... they're, they're famous uh, basket weavers. Oh, I like that. Fantastic. Now that's a good sponsor. You found it quickly and intuitively. We didn't just say a bunch of words and still be left in the dark. I like that. Um, all right. Master's fact of the day. This is from Michael Wolf at Bama Bearcat on Twitter. You probably already know the story of the cabin the Augusta members built for President Eisenhower to stay in during his visits to the club. But a lesser known Ike in Augusta landmark is the Eisenhower Cracker Barrel. Gifted to the club in 1957, the four-foot-tall barrel was made with wood left over from a renovation of the attic timbers of the White House. Interesting. Ike's Cracker Barrel sits just inside the back door of the pro shop, and to this day, it's still filled with bags of Cheez-Its. Crackers for anyone wanting a snack on their way to the first tea. That's a good master's fact of the day. Ike's Cracker Barrel. Wow. I have a... I have a late Do you stage. like cheeses? Oh, that's what I was about to say. Since I became a parent, I just could shovel those things all day. I didn't never had a thing for them. Never really crossed them much in my youth. And yeah, kids get them, and I yeah, I could eat those all day. They're fantastic. Would you rather have a cheese it or a goldfish? I mean, now you're tomato tomato. You're picking nits. They're, they're in the same family. Um, probably a cheese it. 
I think at this point. But I'm talking regular, plain, original. Now they get all these wacky, you know, crazy flavors going. Then it's just like a disgusting. Well, that's they're all good. I'm just saying the plain original Cheez-Its I've come to have quite an affinity for here late in my life. Yeah, the white cheddar ones are too much. Oh, gross. Yeah, he's got dust (laughs) and powder all over him. Bad. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. So anyways, uh, you want Cheez-Its, just try to find the uh, pro shop at Augusta. There's a barrel. You can get get access to that. Whenever you need Cheez-Its, just (laughs) drive over to Augusta National, drive up to the gate and say, hey, I want some Cheez-Its, and they'll let you right in. All right, should we get to? Uh, I don't have much news. Do you have any news you want to hit on? There's we'll no do, news. Do Frank Thomas passed away. Um, we don't speak ill of the dead, but we—he's been a subject in the crosshairs here before. Uh, legendary, longtime um, executive with the USGA. For our purposes, your purposes, mostly kind of is taking some heat for sort of being. Looking Sleep on the ball. Way. Yeah, change the, the whole... Yeah, the game really got to the point where it's at now. But uh, sad news for him and his family. Frank T- Thomas passed away. I didn't have any, see any other real news. You? You're good? Fine? I don't, I don't have anything else. I'm, I'm looking... Looks like PXG Apparel introduces spring and summer collection. Apparently this is <laughs> Well, that's is big news. news. <laughs> All right. If, uh, what uh, what's your... Fits there are. You still owe me from losing that bet. If you can't tell we're wow, recording this early that. Thursday to squeeze it in before family time. Um, but we are, we are prepped with some pretty good uh, Flashback Friday. What That's Flashback Friday time. Precision Pro. Flashback so Precision, Friday. They are the official range finder of the shotgun start. They are the, the official, official range, range finder. finder of Flashback Friday. Yeah, they've come in to spot. You know, we started getting a little fast and loose. Little, Slacking off on the Flashback Fridays last year. Thanks to Precision Pro, they're back and back with the Vengeance consistently every week. Um, they are the official range finder. They get Shotgun 20. You get $20 off. Go get their NX9 Slope Edition. It's a perfect combination of value and quality. It's not cheap. Uh, it's not going to, you know, you're not going to have to, I don't know, go sell a bunch of Girl Scout cookies or car wash or take a couple loops to pay for it. Like some of these, you give, have to give an arm and a leg, donate, sell a kidney or something. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's actually affordable, but with, at, a, at a great value and quality. Um, and $20 off is not an insignificant amount of money. I had someone reached out to us, Club Pro in Montana, was asking, what's the name of the guy on the inside at Precision Pro? I'm looking to change my shop's business over to them. And I said, Eric, Eric's your man. I have no idea how to get in touch with them, but Eric is I'm his name. Man. And so he said he was happily went on his way to, to go Somebody find out the infamous Eric. Photoshop a photo of Eric on the cover of the Inside Man movie um, <laughs> cover. But we don't know what so he looks like. Washington, it's Eric. So he's our guy at Precision Pro. He'll set you up, but only if you have real customer service questions, like this uh, pro shop, uh, Club Pro wanted. Um, anything? You are you using yours much? You're. I haven't played yet this year. Really, I've I, done some I've range used it sessions. All over the place. Done, I bet you. One know, of the things that was cool last week, I went to a golf course that had like real elevation, and it was like the first time I've ever had a rangefinder with the slope thing. It was so uh-huh. nice. 
Like actually, <laughs> like, I was looking. At, I always like guessed it. I think I, you know, caddied for enough people, played enough golf that I have a natural feel. But it was crazy to see the slope number too. It felt like I was cheating. There you go. Uh, free battery replacement for life, by the way. That's a nice little perk. You got Eric I there. I want to know how that works. Maybe this is a question I should ask. But does it, yeah. do you get the battery before your your battery goes out, or do you have to wait? That's a good question. I think the, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have an update. I'm sure for next week's flashback. When Friday. I was a more prepared individual, I used to carry a battery around with me in my bag. Oh, okay. Right. In case it ever went out in an opportune time. And now you're less prepared. All right, precisionpro.com, Shotgun 20. Please support them. They've come in to support Flashback Friday all year. If you need a range finder, uh, that's your guy. NX9, Precision Pro, Shotgun 20, 20 bucks off. All right, you said you had I a, got quick a quick one. one. Yeah. All right, what do you got? Um, I got the 1984 Honda Open. Honda Classic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you know who won? 84? Yeah. Um, uh, Joey Sindelar. I know he's won this. That's a good guess, but Bruce Litsky. Oh, okay. Bruce Litsky beats Andy Bean in a playoff to win. Okay. All right. Um, I just I just dabbed my toe into this. I, I've always interested in Bruce Litsky. I've got some, heard some good Bruce Litsky stories. Going to be a... a a future spotlight for sure. Let's the guy a lot of a stories. Yeah. Yep. Um, so when his son Steven was born in 83, Litsky decided to scale back his schedule. Okay. Um, then he had another baby that was born. Mm, two. Um, so, anyways, this is actually, I think this was 94. I don't know why I'm getting. All these I was gonna say eighty four seems a little early, right? Is it not? Ninety four Honda Classic was Nick Price. Eighty four was Bruce Litsky. Beat Andy. Bruce, this was yeah, li- this Andy was written. Bean. All right, this was written in ninety four. All right, maybe they bumped the timestamp on it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. This doesn't make sense then. If it wasn't, I didn't check the the dates, but the dates were really messed up, messing okay. me up. But um, the, this is just an interesting Litsky story, all right? Okay. So 84 right. champion. Yep. Nine of his 12 tour wins came before Stephen was born. Much of his $5 million earnings wow. before he was born. So he decided to just not play, you know, very much. So he goes, I don't regret one minute I've ever been at home, and that was my purpose uh, in cutting back. This is a Sun Sentinel okay. article. He said he'd a- he'd ask his son, "Would you rather I go out and play, or would you rather I stay home?" And the answer was always, "I'd rather have you stay home." So he'd pick out he picked out seventeen tournaments that he would play a year. And the Honda Classic was always one of them because he wow. played well, and he looked at him and he said, "He plays. He only he downsized his schedule. And he approached the tournaments as business decisions." Places he felt he had a chance to succeed, he played. He never placed more than two tournaments in a row, though this year he may make an exception in May. If his, and he said, if his son's baseball schedule allows me to do that. So among the tournaments that didn't, didn't make Litsky's cut 
where the U.S. Open and British Opens. The oh only major he plays regularly is the PGA Championship. And that comes at the end of a 10-week summer layoff. What? So from 84, this is the way it was. No more than 20 tournaments, no overseas events, no corporate appearances in far corners of the country. Wow. This article by uh this is an article by Robes Patton. Okay. Said Litsky may be the only player on tour who considers Little League schedules more important than the golf schedule. He's an assistant coach for Steven's team and uh is helping coach Christine's team. Crazy. It's like I'm I mean, home for a lot of the stuff, but I miss good. a lot of the stuff. Right. So he's always said then the senior tour would be a focus that he could play 30 events a year. He became a senior tour major champion. Um, And he he was criticized for this decision. I bet. I bet guys were hot. Hot about that. I mean, this is, you know. Yeah, I I could see people. He was an outlier. You're going to get critics when when you're an outlier. So cool story. Yeah, love it. Little, little Bruce um, and, We've heard uh, a lot of good behind the scenes. You, I'll give one other of... Bruce Litsky story. Okay. Really quick. All right. This is from a uh, you know, friend of the program who is intimate with Bruce Litsky's caddy for a, a, a tournament. One of his wins. You know, Bruce is playing in the final group. And the caddy is like, you know, he's a punctual person. And it's yeah. five minutes before his tea time. Final round, and uh, he can't find Bruce anywhere. So he uh, he starts looking. He's panicked. He's looking around. Can't find him. Eventually, runs up on Litsky in in the line in a concession stand line. <laughs> he was in this in the line at a concession stand. Five minutes before his tea. <laughs> Five time. minutes before his tea time in the final group. Of a of a final round of a tournament, ordering a hot dog because he was hungry. So he got a hot dog, scarfed it down, went to the first tee, won the tournament. Waited in line with everybody else too, paid Wait, with his man own of money. The people. I love it. How about that? He's at the concession stand when he's doing on the first tee. He's setting his schedule around Little League. Kind of. This is a future. This is a future spotlight. Okay. So I don't. I don't want to ruin more Litsky yeah, let's stories. Step but on it. this yep. is just a little. This is a wet your appetite. All right. Our other Precision Pro Flashback Friday will be on the 1996 winner of the Honda Classic. Do you have any idea who this is? 96. I happen to be looking at this one today. Okay. All right. And it's lumpy. Lumpy. Tim Heron again. Another individual, uh, we could go down, you know, another hour of a path of career, personality, lifetime, lifestyle, all that stuff. But, you know, we're trying to keep this confined to Honda related and I guess a uh, little bit of lumpy. Here's the lead of uh, New York Times, Larry Dorman, 1996, after lumpy one. Larry Bear. He wasn't, he wasn't supposed to be able to do this. Rookies don't win in their seventh PGA Tour start. Young fellows with the nickname of Lumpy don't shoot 62 in the first round, and they don't shoot 69 in the last round, and they don't beat veterans like Mark McCumber and Nick Price and Mark O'Meara and Payne Stewart. They certainly don't go wire to wire. Do they? Yes, they do. Tim Heron, 26, a very long hitter and a very long shot, won the Honda Classic today by doing all of those. 
and more, ignoring the rain that poured all day on Eagle Trace. So this is like that kind of a photo that gets shared a lot. Lumpy, you know, who's you know not your most athletic build, the, the very stands out look, but he's just drenched, soaked. He's in his rain gear. His hair is kind of just dripping wet. He's hugging his Honda Classic trophy. A lot of people, you know, share this um, to great amusement. Uh, but he overpowered the golf course. He was a, just massive, uh, massive hitter. It was like him and John Daly were thought to be like, you know, peers. Um, and much like what we saw today with uh, with Matt Jones, 62, like people arrived at the course. They're like, nah, that's not right. He can't, no one shot a 62. And then he kind of just held on the middle two rounds and got hot again in the last round, 69. One by four, one by four. I think most of the big chasers he beat by five. Um the burly heron overpowered the golf course and bared the lead by four, bared the field by four strokes. Burly, the burly uh, heron, which is a, a common South Florida bird, is herons. The burly it's kind heron. of kind of funny to hear. That winning margin is the widest was the widest of the season, uh, and had his performance been had this dominating performance been turned in by a better known player, there's no telling what sort of superlatives we would be attached to it. It was the first time in 13 years a rookie had gone wire to wire to win. This was his seventh start. Nick Price was the last person to do it at the World Series of Golf in 1986. <clears throat> Talk about expectations being thrown at you. So Heron was known, according to Dorman, he was known only to a very few devotees of the game. He's a two-time All-American at New Mexico. And he played on the 93 Walker Cup team, which I can get into some details of that. Walker Cup was at uh, Interlochen and hometown. So uh, I, I don't want to do the whole hair and spotlight, but he's from Minneapolis, Wazada. I may not be pronouncing that. Grew up like on the country club, uh, golf family. His dad was a golfer. His sister has been a mid-am champ. Uh, Heron. Might not have been like a top flight recruit, I guess. You go to New Mexico, and then he went and like just blossomed. It was all America and competing with, you know, against the elite. Like, I think it was Justin Leonard, Phil Mickelson, like legit the best of the best when he got to New Mexico, two time All American. Um, so, this is more back on the final round. This is pretty funny. His seven iron shot. Uh, oh, this is the first hole. He had a seven iron that brushed the hole, almost went in. They thought this rookie is no chance. He's going to just fold right away. But he almost, he almost holed out on the first hole uh, and just brushes it in for birdie. And it was kind of off and running there. Um, for the week, Heron outdrove Long John Daly. This was like his, they, they immediately started comparing him to him, edging him with an average of 280.9 yards. Wow. Daly was 279.4. He doesn't claim to be four iron that far now. (laughs) He doesn't claim to be in uh, Daly's league, saying that he would probably outdrive me head to head, but he beat Daly by 20 strokes. Many of them were on the greens. So he started off, he birdied four holes in a row in the front. There was nothing anyone in the field could do to ever catch him. It was telling that his father, Carson, himself a fine golfer, stood next to the fairway at the fifth hole as his boy looked over a 208-yard four-iron shot into the par five and said to an imaginary caddy on the distant green, tend it. Four-iron. <laughs> Mutters, tend it. His dad goes, he's got a lot of killer inside, said Carson Heron, but although he looks like a country club and spoiled, he's not. 
I mean, yeah, I guess. He grew up Maybe. at Wisconsin. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, he'd kill her inside. Uh, all right. We're going to get into some other details around this. Tim Rosefort, which, uh, you know, I saw they named the media center after Tim Rosefort. It was a fitting honor for the Honda Classic. He, his lead in SI. He didn't arrive at the Honda Classic by helicopter or fire engine, which we'll get into that story in a minute. Truth is, he didn't even rate a courtesy car, which the, on today's PGA Tour means you're as obscure as they come. Tim Heron was a nobody's nobody, a fat-cheeked rookie fill-in fresh from Q school, here only to round out the field. When he came into the pro shop on Wednesday, says Scott Gray, the head pro at Eagle Trace, I didn't even know he was a CPC player. Eagle Trace. I'll get into that, too. Gray must not get out from behind the counter much because the next day he still didn't have a clue. And this was after Heron had blistered the much-feared Eagle Trace, much-feared Eagle Trace, for a course record tying 62. When Gray ran into the pleasant, chubby kid he had seen in his shop, he stopped and wondered, obviously, obliviously, can you believe somebody shot 62 today? <laughs> yeah, said Heron, it was me. So this, this pro shop, the club pro is obviously very embarrassed. Um, more on this, uh, on Thursday, you could have taken bets that Heron wouldn't stand up. Um, the big thing was, was Nick price price saw Heron's number on the leaderboard. That's 62 and figured that either his total was left over from the best ball in Wednesday's pro-am or the electronic scoreboards had blown a circuit. He had no recollection of meeting a Mr. Heron. Sorry to say, I've never heard of him. Price said, so Norman, Greg Norman, and Nick Price made their grand entrance in uh, the Sharks helicopter. We got to get to this. So this is Dave Hyde, the Sun Sentinel. Surely it was disappointing for Greg Norman not even to be low man on the helicopter, much less on the entire Honda Classic field upon flying out after Thursday's first round. But Norman had his moment. He ranked highest on the fire truck riding into the day. This all takes some explaining in a full tank, but the bottom line is, after the opening round, it remains unclear if we have a golf tournament or a transportation show at Eagle Trace. Evidently, that's why they'll play the next three days to see if a winner will be crowned or an air show will break out. Thursday's strangeness began just after noon as Norman entered Eagle Trace's airspace from a cell phone, he was asking that a courtesy car be sent to greet his helicopter. I mean, think about that. A cell phone in 1996, probably yeah. some good, st- greet the helicopter. It was probably one of those big ones, like Zach yeah. style. Yeah. The way any Hope Sound commuter does on the way to work. But as Norman and helicopter mate Nick Price landed and left the helicopter in empty field, golf bags in hand, what did they see? Only an empty field. So they're in the middle of this field with their golf bags. No car to greet them. You know, commuter hell for the PGA style. <laughs> so, it's, uh, continue, and this is Dave Hyde. And so if Norman's last vis- visit to Eagle Trace in 1991 was a classic in itself, so this is five years later, calling the golf course then Mickey Mouse after the final round and ripping the layout as Carnival Golf on his way out, for succulent symmetry, his first return then matched the moment on his helicopter in the middle of a field. Because while there was no car waiting, there was a Coral Springs fire truck on hand. Hop in, the fireman said. A wild return. And so, as if by comedy script, 
Here came the much much anticipated return of the shark, making his approach shot into Coral Springs fire truck E-80, riding up the road toward the clubhouse as everything but bells and whistles signaled his arrival. Quote from Price, they wouldn't let us play with the sirens. <laughs> like two little boys, Norman and Price, riding in on a fire truck. They wouldn't let us play with awesome. the sirens. Uh, Norman, you know, he smiled at the subject, but he had finished with bogeys. He was a dick. He's like, I have no comment on that. You know, I'm sure a car would have arrived sooner or later. Uh, whereas Price is like, they wouldn't let us play with the sirens. Uh, um, little swamp, swamp scoop. Yeah. I guess Norman's house sold for like $53 million. Oh, the one where he walked down to hand, all, hand deliver the letter to Tiger? Yeah. $53 million. You're going to buy a helicopter with that probably. You know, that's some good. I think they listed for 65, so he got pretty close to what he was looking for. Yeah. Crazy, yep. just $12 million short. Yep. All right, a little bit more. We've got to go on Norman. So this is Michael Mayo from the Sun Sentinel. So this was a big deal. He lives locally, had skipped it, and, you know, he's back five years later. Why is he back? What, what's he doing? Why is he, why is he all of a sudden coming to the TPC Eagle Trace? He called it Carnival Golf and Mickey Mouse. Michael Mayo, Sun Sentinel from earlier that year. If you can't quiet the critics, co-opt them. That seems to be an operating principle of the PGA Tours Tournament Players Club Network, and it could be the best explanation behind Greg Norman's surprise decision to play this year's Honda Classic at TPC Eagle Trace. If you can't quiet co-opt them, he calls it the operating principle of the TPC Network. Now the so tournament is they back. Hired him, they hired him for, to design a course or something, yeah, huh? Yeah, San yeah. Antonio? Uh, no, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Tournament Avondale? is back. What, this is great twist because he delivers a quote. Tournament is back at Eagle Trace, and so is Norman. Next year, the tournament moves to a permanent new home, TPC Heron Bay, which I'll get to. <laughs> uh, built by Mark McCumber, the player Norman accused of cheating last year. So it doesn't sound like he maybe go to that one. In 1991, you know, Norman was unabashed, unabashedly critical of Eagle Trace in particular and the entire TPC network. He cited his love of classical golf courses and his contempt of the tour's stadium golf concept, which featured target golf and forced carries, artificial mounds and moguls, railroad ties, and island peninsula greens. Is that something the shark has now come to incorporate in his own design? I don't know. Mounds, moguls. Stadium golf, eh, target golf, forced really. carries. His, his is okay. just really hard. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you don't drive Eagle... it like the shark, you can't play play the golf course, as we saw with uh, Eczema. A- Abaco, yeah. Ex- he called Eagle no, Trace Abaco's Mickey Mouse. Not, not Norman. Eczema. Uh, Norman. Eczema, okay. Frustrated after a windy round in which he, quote, hit only two bad shots and shot 77, he said, you never get rewarded when you hit the right shot here. I'm sick and tired of playing courses like this. When you get to the point where you can't execute a shot, you start feeling like there's not much point to being out here. Norman's biggest complaint about Eagle Trace was its unsuitability to Florida's windy winters. They're going to build a course like this, move it to Atlanta, or somewhere somewhere there's no high wind. Of course, Eagle Trace can't be moved to Atlanta, but the PGA Tour is building a new TPC course in Atlanta at TPC Sugarloaf, future home of the Bellsoft Classic. And guess who's designing it? That's right. Greg Norman. I love his quote. Move it to Atlanta or somewhere there's no high wind. Norman's fledgling, Norman's fledgling design company was awarded the contract last year. 
it's a good bet he won't be so critical of the TPC network now that he's a part of it. And I guess the strategy, which they've always done, Beeman made the first push of the TPC in the early 1980s and Nicholas and Palmer were pissed, you know, were very critical of it. Like, why are you getting into the golf course design business? Um, they talked about lawsuits and made a lot of noise. Then a funny thing happened. Palmer's company was awarded the contract design to TPC at Piper Glen in Charlotte, now home uh-huh. to senior tours Payne Weber. This is from 1996. Nicholas was awarded the TPC Michigan in Dearborn, which would be the site of the senior players. They haven't complained about the TPC network since. Now the tour has fed the shark. Don't be surprised if his TPC days of carping are over. All right. TPC Can we get Piper to... Glen still exists. What about Heron Bay? They got booted. That's gone. So TPC Eagle Trace has no, got the boot. They go to TPC Heron Bay, designed by Mark McCumber. And this is a write-up from... an article about Heron Bay. The, the headline is they drained the swamp. So I was thinking about doing a, a flashback on Kutcher in 2002, Dudley Hart in 2000. And it's just all these quotes about guys ripping Heron Bay. This is after Eagle Trace was crushed. I played um, a tournament at Heron Bay, I think. So I have, so a larger point, I'm surprised the Honda Classic. Honda's stuck with this, sponsoring this all the way through it. The way they've bounced it around, people ripping it. In the 2000, like six of the top 50 only showed up because it was sandwiched in between events like we're seeing this week. It's kind of amazing that Honda stayed on given the, you know, Palm Beach area that should have an event, but man, it's been bounced around. Heron Bay, though, is a course designed by Mark McCumber, has gotten more bad reviews than What Planet Are You On? This is from a SI article. Plopped on a piece of Everglades flatlands. Cows still graze on property between the front and back nines. This was in 2000. Cows were in between the two nines. Uh, Heron Bay's only defense is the wind. Even tour nice guy. So it's just flatlands. Even tour nice guy DL3, one of the few stars who showed up in 2000, described the course as boring and that the tournament is fading. He, they have to do something to get it back up. So yeah, Heron Bay lasted until 2002. Matt Kuchar won it. But again, they went to like Mirasol. Yeah, it's been bounced around forever. So the uh, this was, I don't know, winding, winding flashback. But once Norman, they talked about Norman coming on his helicopter and his fire truck and playing with the sirens. I had to look into more why he was back. And it's because he got that TPC Sugarloaf uh, contract. Excellent story. I loved it. But shout out to Timmy Heron. I mean, a lot more on him. We'll do maybe another spotlight on him. 62 wins wire to wire in just his seventh start. First of, I want to say, four tour wins. Four tour wins. So that's your Precision Pro Flashback Friday. All right. Anything else? Ready to go? Nothing else. Everyone enjoy your Fridays. Enjoy your weekends. Hopefully get some warm weather. Go Illini. We will check in with you on uh, Monday.